0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Sports Radio 93.7, The Fan. It's The Fan early morning show. It's The Wake-Up Show. The Wake-Up Show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. You can apply online at 84Lumber.com. It's Nicholas Harry Callis. In this morning... Pirates lost yesterday, and the Pirates lost two of three over the weekend, but don't worry. Don't worry about it. Doesn't seem like anybody wants to win the NL Central this year. The Reds, who have lost five of their last ten games, they've been on kind of a slide. The Reds are now a half game back of the first place. Brewers, the Brewers want the division again. They're leading the NL Central with a 55-45 and 45 record. The Reds are 55-46 a half game out. The Cubs kind of clawed their way in. They're six and a half games out now. Forty-eight and fifty-one record for them. The Cardinals still ahead of the Pirates by a half game. The Cardinals are forty-four and fifty-six, and the Pirates at the bottom of the division with a forty-three and fifty-six record. It's it's sad. I'm sad about it, definitely. But I can't really do much about it now, other than the you know the Pirates could win some games or not. At this point, I mean, I don't know how much interest is really left in the Pirates. The NFL uh, is coming around now. Uh, camp is just about to begin. I think we're actually in the week of camp now. will be starting in a few days here. So, yeah, uh, the NFL is coming around. And the Pirates, it's just the, the big fall from grace that they had. I mean, to be where they were in April- and now to be in last, it's just, it's unfathomable. I mean, every time we think that uh, a, a, a level of just poor baseball, like it couldn't be reached, like, no, there's no way they could fall that far. Well, they have, I mean, it's just amazing how they were leading the division. Like they were fighting for the division lead a month, month and a half ago. And now they're in the last, they're below the Cardinals. It's also kind of shocking to me how the Reds could not maintain a lead for long. Now the Brewers are back in the division lead. It's like nobody wants to win the division. It's interesting. And I don't know what to think. And I want to continue to support the Pirates, and I will continue to support the Pirates. But um, it also seemed like there was a storyline before, like in May and June, that O'Neill Cruz will get to come back. O'Neill Cruz likely to be back in August, and he'll help the team, and he'll make the team better. The Pirates just have to hang on, hang on a little longer. And they did not hang on. And O'Neill Cruz now, there are reports out there that suggest he might not be back until late August now, which is a bummer. A lot of sadness this morning, setting the foundation of the day. It is kind of sad, though. The Steelers are going to be something to look forward to. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about, uh, how about Austin Eckler hosting a running backs meeting, having a private, I think it was a video call, a video chat call with all the major running backs. Najee Harris was in that meeting. Talk about that. We'll talk about what I think about the running back situation. Uh, the Steelers seem to have a little more upside now. We're all kind of pivoting toward the Steelers, while the Pirates are forty-three and fifty-six. Winning is going to cure all for this Pirates team. I just don't know if they have it in them anymore, and that's just uh, that's kind of sad. Pirates' next series is going to be against the San Diego Padres, who I would say are in a, a worse situation. The Padres are 48 and 52. They're 10 games back in the NL West, and they've spent a significantly larger amount of money than the Pirates have. And then there's the Mets. I always like to bring up the Mets. 46 and 53, 18 and a half games back. The NL East lead. The Braves are on a, a pretty solid pace this year, so um, maybe the 18 and a half games is a bit misleading, but still, you spend that much money. As an organization to do good, and you're 46 and 53, you're gonna get you're gonna get it. That's just how that is. I mean, the Mets, the Padres, two big stories about uh, or two big examples of spending a lot of money and not getting results. The Pirates and the Padres, they're gonna play in a three game series, and that starts today. They're in San Diego, so it's gonna be a late start tonight, 9:40. Is game time ninety three seven. The fans covering that game, covering uh two of the three games in the series. Uh Kitty K AM will take Wednesday's game, which is scheduled to start at four ten Eastern time. But uh today's game and tomorrow's game, Pirates Padres nine forty starts today and then tomorrow, Tuesday. So Yeah, look out for those games. So the Pirates, yeah, they lost two of three to the Guardians. That was a nice win on Wednesday, right? It was something to uh, take into the road trip, a 7-5 to five win over the Guardians. Um, how about Carmen Leginski striking out Shohei Otani on Saturday? That was nice. That was something to take away. Andy Rodriguez hit his first home run in the major leagues. Something to take away from the series. Little promising signs, but the 8-5 to five loss and the 7-5 to five loss. I mean, the fact that the Pirates scored five. They scored five against the Angels, scored runs off of Otani. Very promising signs. Just a similar pattern, though, from what I've been talking about before, what many are talking about now. The the Pirates just can't seem to get in a rhythm. I mean, they were losing games kind of lopsided in May and and June, and uh, that wasn't great. July has been a little more steady, I would say, where they're winning games here and there, and they're closer games in July, but they're not pulling them out. It's like if the pitching – if the pitching isn't on, the hitting is, and you got a high scoring game if the if the if the hitting's on but the pitching isn't, you got a high scoring game, or if the, the hitting isn't on but the pitching is, and you got a low scoring game where the Pirates lose. They're just not in sync right now offensively and defensively, which is rough. And it's rough to to watch, and it's and it's it's rough to see, especially considering how they started the season. You're welcome to call in and talk about uh, anything this morning related to the Pirates, to the Steelers, still no progression on uh, any Eric Carlson trades for the Penguins. So they're kind of just in the middle right now. I mean, Kyle Dubas doing, uh, doing the job at the least, signing several players throughout the offseason now and, and making some deals. But Eric Carlson is the big name right now that you know we're all interested in. We want to see if it's going to happen or if it's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, if you want to talk about anything – Pittsburgh sports-related, 412-928-9370 is the phone number. You can also tweet at me, at Callis underscore three is my Twitter handle, and if you want to tweet, you want to call in, you want to have a conversation with me, want to make some comments, uh, any opinions you want me to address at this uh, point in the day, it's early, you can do that on Twitter again, at Callis underscore three and then 412-928-9370. I'm trying to set the foundation of the day for you. Uh, this early in the morning, and I'll be with you till about 5:35, and then uh, we'll transition over to the Fan Morning Show pre-show. But <clears throat> excuse me. So let's listen uh, real quick, because I want to hear some comments from Derek Shelton. I always am curious about a head coach's and manager's post-game press conference, the comments that. Uh, he makes afterwards. I remember I, I scrutinized Mike Sullivan pretty harshly when it was hockey season because he he was talking very much like when they would lose it, it would be like questions that the that the media were asking weren't fair. It's like oh yeah we're losing why would you ask that? and I want to see kind of where Shelton is in his answers now that the pirates are on like steady losing But before we do that we got to call her 412-928-9370 go ahead and introduce yourself my name is
2: greg i'm from pittsburgh i want to speak about the pirates and the steelers
1: go ahead i think
2: the, i think the pirates ownership does not want to spend any money on some good players to put them in you know in the race to even possibly get in the playoffs and with the Steelers, the Steelers defense was good. Their offense stunk last year, to me. I think the defense is still good. What a cost the Steelers—they don't have no running game, and most of their receivers drop all the balls that thrown right to The defense is going to make it happen for the Steelers. Have a good day, my man. I
1: like. Oops, sorry, Greg. Uh, yeah, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you calling in. See the Steelers have it kind of kind of backwards where they have a good defense and they've got a, a high scoring defense or not a high scoring defense I'm sorry they don't have a high scoring offense they've been relying on their defense they've been they have a high paid defense is what I meant to say so um they're investing a lot of money in defenses when the rest of the league is investing more uh, in offenses because the idea is um the if you can outscore an opponent you can win because it doesn't matter how many runs you can or how many Points you can prevent in a football game if your offense is scoring every time it goes out there. Now the Steelers drafted Kenny Pickett first overall as you know a quarterback, not first overall. I'm sorry, I keep getting Paul Skeens mixed up with you know first round picks. Kenny Pickett was a first round pick, picked 17th. 20, I can't remember at this point. It's too early in the morning. Kenny Pickett was a first round pick, so that makes you think that maybe. They have faith in him, and they pick a quarterback in the first round that he can he can lead the offense, and he can be somebody that you can build around the offense with, which is promising because they've invested so much on defense, and they haven't had to invest much in the offense because they've had Ben Roethlisberger as their quarterback. But now that he retired, they had to find a replacement for him, and so it feels like they're at least addressing the offense – more now, you know, getting rid of Claypool was nice as well. Uh, you know, just cutting ties with some of the old receiving core that was from the late 2010s, I thought was were, were good moves, and just bringing in some new receivers was a good thing. Uh, and it's nice to see them invest a little more in the offense now. And I know what you're talking about with the, having the defense be important, but the league is just different now, where um, teams have the mentality that if you can outscore your opponent, if you can score every drive on offense, eventually it's most likely that the other team's defense is going to wear thin. So that's where I think the the league is. Now the Steelers investing in defense might work out. It hasn't worked out for them in the last few years, but it might work out this year if T.J. Watt can stay healthy. Having Highsmith on the roster, you know, back on the roster now is a good thing, and um, we'll see what happens. As it relates to the Pirates, the only thing I continue to cite when people say that Bob Nutting – doesn't you know invest enough money in the team is to look at teams like the San Diego Padres or the New York Mets or teams in history that have spent too much money on players that they don't necessarily win. Like spending an exorbitant amount of money doesn't necessarily guarantee success. And I think that the Pirates just have to find that balance. And right now they haven't been as fortunate of. Uh, an organization just because of you know uh, injury uh, injuries that have happened. Vince losing Vince Velasquez and O'Neill Cruz that was devastating for the team because Velasquez seemed to be finally finding his form. O'Neill Cruz was primed to break out and you know he gets hurt. Velasquez gets hurt. Now you're bringing up a few more inexperienced guys from the minors and you just struggle. I don't really think that it's a lack of spending money. They got key Brian Hayes do a deal. And we didn't know he was going to be hurt, so that's something as well. The fact that he's got uh, some sort of you know, chronic injury, whether it's in the hips or his back. Something's going on with him where he is just not healthy consistently, and, and that's something that's got to be worked out. But they, they bet on him. They gave him a long-term contract. Um, and then they they gave Brian Reynolds the what nearly $107 million contract uh, over a long period of time, so they're in, they're trying to invest in players, so I'm not going to say that they're not. We'll see what happens. If they ruin Paul Skeens, I may be upset forever, but until that comes along, until that reality exists, I mean, I'm fine with just trusting them right now, but right now I'm not on board with the argument that the teams just – or the Pirates just aren't willing to spend money, and even if they were willing to spend money just blind throwing money at certain players – Blindly throwing money at certain players I don't think necessarily leads to success as well. And I look at the Padres who the Pirates are playing um, here soon, and I look at the, the the Mets as just two examples of, you know, you know maybe that's not the, the right answer. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. I was going to play some Shelton comments, but we got some callers, so I'll address those now. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. You're on 93.7 The Fan.
2: Dave from Delmont.
1: Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. What's up? so much. I just wanted to talk about. It. I was listening to the uh, uh, PM team uh, last week, and they told they were talking about Mike Florio saying that uh, uh, Tomlin's the second best coach in the league. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. What
2: in what in the world? How does he? How is he an analyst? How is he even in football?
1: Well, that's not for me to judge. He's not my analyst, Dave. Well, he's got a bet. It's got to be the biggest joke I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers will never win with Mike Tomlin and Canada, and that's a sad thing. They got really good team this year, but they're not going to be
2: able to get past the the teams that have good teams and good coaches. Thanks for taking my call.
1: You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll give my opinion on Tomlin later, but uh, Florio's comments, I don't. Stand by those. I think Tomlin's a good coach. I think that he hasn't won in a while, though, and I think we as Pittsburgh fans are hungry for something fresh um, because Tomlin's been around for so long, and they they haven't won a playoff game in forever. So I understand the frustration. I certainly do. Got another caller at 412-928-9370. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Hey, this is Ted from my watch.
1: Ted, good morning. Good morning.
2: Well, I think the last call was right about one thing. Tomlin hasn't won a playoff game in six years. So, yes, sir. That's a long time. Indeed. But uh, if you look at the Steelers' record, the first five or six games in the last five years, they always get off to a slow start, no matter who's the quarterback. You know, and if you also, if you add the first five years, look how many points they score in the first quarter. Hardly any. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I, I see that the same pattern when they face uh, San Francisco. I, I don't see them winning that game. And when it comes to offense, to me, I love San Francisco's offense one thing. Cal is just like his father, they're dedicated to the run. You can score points, you can do anything, and still run the ball, and have a great balance. To me, Kenny Pickett plays in a flawed offensive scheme. With well, Matt Canada, I just don't see that kind of flow, that kind of balance. And I think he's just going to struggle. I think the offense is going to struggle for a while before they get their feet under. And and to me, I blame on Tomlin. You have to hire the right people. And I I just don't think Canada's the right guy.
1: Ted, I appreciate the call. Thank you. I I don't disagree with anything, really, that you said there. Tomlin should uh, take a lot of responsibility. But while there are coaches still around, um, there are excuses that can be made. um, And there are people to fire before Tomlin. I didn't think – I kind of liked Canada at first just, I like the idea of, of bringing him in and seeing, you know, what he could do is his brief ties to Pitt, you know, kind of allured me how dumb that might sound, and that's where I was. And then after that first year, just watching the team not adjust on offense, like some of their schemes were working and then they weren't. And then it turned into some of those, you know, games that were played where they were start slowly. And then it seemed like Ben would come to the rescue late in the game and, the Steelers would pull out some wins or, or make a, a run at a comeback and fall short um, by a few points. Yeah, I uh, I get that, I understand that. Um, and then that's what started to frustrate me, and now I'm not on board with them. Uh, but the Steelers were never gonna fire them because they really I, they really don't fire coaches in the middle of their contracts. They they wait till the contract expires, and then they don't uh, then they don't tender the contract. They just let it expire, and then they move on very well might happen here if the steelers offense can't get it together and there's really no more excuses for matt canada but i also agree i think tomlin just kind of floats under the radar sometimes uh in these conversations and in in the game of taking blame because you know what else is he going to do he's he's in it to survive he doesn't want to lose his job so i think that he'll uh, he'll do anything he can or or he'll take any advantage he can, and right now the perception is that Canada's not the guy, and nobody's really looking at what he's doing so much as it relates to the offense, even though, yeah, he should be held responsible uh, for the hires of the Steelers for the most part. And if not him, ownership, but you can't fire ownership necessarily. But, um, yeah, if Tomlin wants to hire the guy, uh, Tomlin should be held responsible, and the head coach should be held responsible for the team not winning a playoff game over this long stretch that they have now so I uh, I get it I really do um, and that's that's what the Steelers need to do is just win if they win a playoff game that cures all but they got to make it to the playoffs they didn't make playoffs last year so now they got to make it to the playoffs this season and then we'll go from there see if they can do it they have the tools to do it and if they don't then you start looking at the coaching staff a little more thoroughly and, and perhaps Canada doesn't come back I don't think he should come back, regardless. But you know, also we haven't seen this next season yet, so um, we'll just have to we'll just have to see. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero is the phone number if you want to call. I'll continue the conversation about the Steelers. I'm gonna get a little more into the running backs next, and I was gonna play uh, Derek Shelton's comments, but he doesn't really say much. My whole point there, I heard them before, um, as I was comparing Mike Sullivan to Derek Shelton a little bit. Uh, Sullivan would get angry at some questions from. Uh, media members because he didn't like that they were getting questioned when they were losing games later toward the season. And I always thought that that was interesting. Shelton doesn't necessarily get mad at the questions that are being asked. He just also gives those generic answers still about, you know, the the pirates and and how they're losing. And again, I I never expect Shelton to give away all the secrets or just flat out admit sometimes, you know, uh, who's bad or who is uh, causing the team to struggle. Uh, but at the same time, these uh, the generic points Shelton's making start to get a little tiresome for me. I'm just tired of listening to the same explanations over and over again of how they're getting better and it's a team effort and you got to trust the guys. It's just you know that was really my my point there. So Shelton's a more positive version of Sullivan while the team continues to lose. But the the monotony is still uh, the same right now with the answers given. It's just a little more positive and you know being optimistic about the future than, than Sullivan was as the Penguins were starting to sink last season in their season my name is Nicholas Harry Callis it's the fan early morning show when we come back we're going to address the running back situation real quick because there was a whole meeting that was done this uh, this past weekend uh, with the major running backs in the NFL about how they're getting paid and how they're being used we can talk about that next so continue to talk about the Steelers. You can continue to call in, talk about the Pirates as well, if you so choose. Talk about anything Pittsburgh sports at 412-928-9370. You can also tweet me at Callas underscore three. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore three. Comment, and I'll address your uh, comments and topics of conversation as well on Twitter. It's the Fan Early Morning Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
1: Summer is here. Come check out Trailblazer, Equinox, and the all-new redesigned 2024 tracks. And you can check them out online at sunchevy.com. Today, high of 87, low of 63. Clear all throughout the day. And tomorrow, high of 86, low of 66. Partly cloudy skies expected. That's fan weather. Brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis at Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Talking a little bit about the Steelers. Seems that people are excited about training camp, which is right on the horizon. Uh, Very exciting Steelers Uh, training camp and the NFL season is right around the corner. The Pirates not so so exciting anymore. They've fallen to last place in the NL Central and uh, they just lost a series against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim this weekend. So you can chime in, talk about any of it. I got time for a few more callers at 412-928-9370 if you want to get your uh, opinion out there in the next three minutes. But Um, I did want to address the NFL running back situation. Najee Harris over the weekend was a part of a a video call hosted by Austin Eckler, which, um, which was kind of a a meeting amongst running backs to kind of get on the same page, I guess, about all these, uh, these contracts going on. It seems like the running backs are forming their own union just to talk about how they're getting paid and how they're getting treated, um, how they're being used in games. And here's the thing. I mean, I played running back um, as a high schooler for two years, so I'm not necessarily going to say that I have all the credentials to to you know speak about what it's like to be a, a professional athlete. But I do know the the hits that you take over and over again. And I was a fullback specifically, so I remember you know on plays where we were just running out the clock. I mean, I would be running into some of these big linemen trying to block them on powers, or I'd be going after the linebackers on you know inside runs. So I can understand the running backs, you know, unhappiness with their situation because they're being paid not a lot of money by the league to be handed the ball and be chased by big dudes. And and Najee Harris, especially with the offensive line that the uh, the Steelers had in his rookie year, the fact that he got as many yards as he did um, with being so restrained at the line, I mean – and that was so impressive, and I think we forget about that as we rate Najee Harris. The fact that he had such a poor offensive line that the, the the defense was getting into the backfield rather quickly, and he was still able to get positive yardage and like fight for yards. And I remember how how much he was he was fighting to get extra yards. I think that that's something to value. Um, I think it's also kind of ticky tack when you're complaining about you know millions of dollars in you know in in this economy. You know, being a professional athlete still making millions, but I get it. They want to maximize their value as running backs, and and that might not be necessarily a, the worst thing to fight for. And I do believe that the, a lot of the running backs in the league are undervalued. And so I I don't I don't necessarily know what's going to come of the drama that is this meeting, this video call meeting they had. I don't know how much further Najee Harris is going to speak out. He tweeted about this last week, talking about you know how some of the the compensation and the usage of running back seemed unfair, and to an extent I I I agree. I'm not just gonna go with a you know the flat like oh no I don't agree that's stupid. I don't I don't necessarily think what they're talking about is stupid because because I I understand where they're coming from. They're getting paid a lot of money to get handed the ball and get hit a lot, and their careers end quickly and they don't get to to fully capitalize on the money that they they could make and I don't want people to forget about Najee Harris's rookie year I mean uh, how much he fought through runs and fought to get positive yardage when he was getting attacked almost immediately because the offensive line couldn't block don't forget about that um, from Najee Harris's rookie year
0: this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what